Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co-host, Hector. Hey, yeah, it's me. And this week on the show, after the news, we are finally going to jump into our spoiler-tastic breakdown of the Book of Boba Fett. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. We finished our PT episode, and that's already up, and we would love a new topic to talk about, so let us know. With all that out of the way, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude. Hey everyone, welcome to The Prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you have for me this week? Oh man, let's see. Well, besides just more Elden Ring, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk a little bit about later, um, I've watched some good stuff. I uh, recently went to the movies uh, to go see Death on the Nile, and that was mm-hmm. nice. Um, that's a, if you like the first one, uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, it's you know the old school like detective tale, almost mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes style of uh, Jacques Poirot mm-hmm. as he solves murders wherever he may find them. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. But the reason I mentioned this, um, that did this trip to the theater for a movie that I thought was just okay is because I saw a trailer for it for something that I didn't know existed. And I feel bad for not knowing that this existed because it comes out really soon. And that is, um, the Bob's Burgers movie. Oh, right. That is a thing that they are doing. That is a thing that they are doing. And what I realized was that I was not caught up Mm -hmm. on Bob's Burgers. I had like an entire season that I needed to watch before this movie comes out on Memorial Day, which is like less than two months away. Yeah. One of the people on my tech team is really trying to convince me to watch that show. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's just a wonderful show. so at first I was trying to get like a Simpsons kind of thing from it. Right. And that's just not what the show brings to the table. Mm-hmm. It's way more of a group of people that you love and hang out with than a story about like comedic events that make you laugh. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man, it's, it's such a great show. So I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, I mean, just, just like a lot of Bob's Burgers, but uh other than that, uh, I uh, Humble Bundle put out a uh, Boomer Shooter Bundle uh, for charity. Uh, specifically, it's about six or seven uh, games. Um, a lot of them are, uh, you know, games that come out on stuff like Devolver. Uh, you get stuff like Dusk and A Medieval and um, Ion Fury, which I talked about a few weeks ago on this show. An old, it's a build engine game that was made like within the last two years, even though the engine is from like Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, so all of the boomer shooters are kind of based around this like old school like Doom, like original Doom aesthetic. Correct. Right? They they either want the game to be made in the same engine as or function almost identical to. Uh, stuff like Doom, Duke Nukem, Hexen, you know, any of those games. Yep. Sometimes they make their own engine that emulates the old form. Sometimes they refuse to do any of that and just actually use an upgrade, an updated version of a build engine. Mm-hmm. But uh, these shooters are all really, really cool. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to do them a disservice this week, and I promise I'll do ne- better next week because they're all named very, very similarly. And I got about twelve of them, and I only remember the name, remember the names of about four of them right. because about six of them have the name Hell in the title, of course. And of course. Yeah. the other three are stuff like um, like monks, sanctuary, uh, sacrifice. Um, I know there's a Hell Blade. I know there's a Hell Bound. Um, mm. uh, I think there's a Hell Bore. 
<laughs> I don't know. I anyway, like I, I just started diving into these and they're wonderful. Like if at all you're interested in reviving your old school Doom and like Doom 2 days on a modern PC um, with, you know, updated gaming sensibilities, this is the bundle for you. It's on Humble Bundle. Look for the Boomer Shooter Bundle. For $12, you get about like 15 games. It, it's yeah. excellent and it goes to a good cause. Absolutely. Is that everything you've been doing this week? Um, besides the movie we both saw this weekend, yes. We did go both see a movie. Yes, we did. It was about a man who it may in fact be a bat. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 I've heard I've heard a couple people have gone to see this. Yeah, he he. It, it, it's a strange story. He dresses like a flying mammal. Yeah. A, few, a few people have heard of. Yeah, uh, we won't talk about spoilers here, obviously, no, no spoilers, because it's net. still up. Uh, just initial impressions. Initial impressions is I cannot decide yet really? if this is my favorite Batman. Woo. Yeah, Woo. I it, it is definitely close. Mm-hmm. I need to go see it again. And when I say I need to go see it again about a three hour movie, you know, you know, there's something going on there. Yeah. I didn't say that about Endgame when we left. I didn't say I need to go see Endgame again, like right now. No, I was happy. I was satisfied. I was exhausted. <laughs> right. And like, you know, we, we had we had ended our journey and I was like, cool, let me let that, you know, marinate mm-hmm. for a while. This movie, and just to say the tone of it is rather grimy and pretty intense. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, for a million reasons that I'm sure we'll get into eventually. But um, at this point, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of same boat for me. I absolutely loved it. I think it's one of the best Batman films of all time. Um, it's if now when I say that, understand that Mask of the Phantasm is my favorite Batman movie of mm-hmm. all time, and mm-hmm. I don't think same. anything can dethrone that. But when we are talking live action, this is definitely up there. Yeah, this is. I, I knew from the get-go Robert Pattinson was going to be really good in this role, and he mm-hmm. just killed it. Everybody was in it. Um, there are multiple like famous Batman people in this movie, mm-hmm. but they are not treated in such a way like previous Batman films where we're like, hey, we got to shove a bunch of villains in there for like screen time. Every villain that shows up in this feels like they are a natural part of the world and a natural fit for it, mm-hmm. not like we had to shoehorn this character in for the sake of having them be in it. Yeah. Right. So the world of Gotham feels very natural. What Batman is going through feels very natural. It is a rough experience. Like there's a, it has emotional highs and lows. Um, the, the only thing I'll tell you is there's a reason why they were showing like the trailer for the movie seven before it at Alamo. Yeah. If you're looking for what the tone of the movie is, it's very close to that. Yeah. Um, what, what, uh, oh, oh, so, uh, before the Batman, we saw a trailer for Nope. Yep. And, uh, I hadn't seen that yet. And um, that is a new Jordan Peele movie. That's a new Jordan Peele movie, and I'm fucking yeah. so excited. Um, another thing from that, like it was a good theater experience. The mm-hmm. Batman, like we had a good time. Another one was um, for something, and I just want to mention this because we have to do this before we go see it. Was uh, a little bit of a thing Alamo put together for an upcoming movie called um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. uh, which is getting very good early reviews, by the way. Yeah. A movie done by a director whose name I'll remember later after I Google it, but he's very good because I like all of his movies, especially the last one that I saw, which was called Swiss Army Man, which James is going to see before we go to the theater to see this movie, because I can't tell you how much I love that movie. And if you do anything, if you see any of the movies I'm telling you about before we meet again, dear viewer... 
listener, it, it, see, seek out this movie, Swiss mm. Army Man. It's uh, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe stranded on an island together, mm. and I can't tell you much more about it, but it is wildly fun. Okay. Um, yeah, so th- th- those are my rants. That's what I did this sure. week. Uh, for me this week, pretty simple. Play a little bit of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and saw Batman. Yeah. Uh, TV for me was pretty boring this week, actually. Um, work has been stressful. Mm, um, yeah. So when I come home, I've been looking for quote-unquote comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a little bit of Legends of Tomorrow because I realized I'm a couple seasons behind in that. Oh, nice. Legends of Tomorrow, like even me playing catch-up on the seasons, still just hands down an absolutely fantastic show. Just fun. Um, just fun. It's a great time mm-hmm. waster for me. Um, I did. I do have Discovery Plus, so I've been tuning into some of the Food Network stuff. I've been watching a lot of Guy's Grocery Games because that's just an easy to, to binge thing. Uh, Guy Fieri has a, another show called Tournament of Champions. It's his version of Iron Chef, basically, where like 30 chefs, so like the top chefs in the world like come and compete on this thing the episodes by the way are about an hour and a half just to oh, let you know oh. an hour and a half per episode oh, of dang. this thing okay yeah. so th- this is like a so when they air it it must be like like friday night or something yeah. it's like the the two hour block yeah and that's ads. and that's what it is wow so yeah it is an hour and a half without ads and it is some of the most intense fun I mean, like everybody's playing to win. It is a hardcore tournament, and it it, it has not been something like Iron Chef that I've seen a, a a food competition show of this like caliber. And there's already been two seasons of it, so if you haven't seen it, you can catch the first two seasons. The third season is on like episode three or four right now, and it's just a blast because it's it's in, like I said. There's I think they do three tournaments per episode that's why it's oh, an hour okay. and a half. it's three yes. different food competitions right right nice. so like like two people the two people then two people yeah like per episode okay so yeah awesome highly recommended on my part that's everything that i've been doing this week um those are the things that have been making me happy we are going to take a small break and when we come back on the other side we are going to be going into our main news segment in the weekly raid the weekly raid hey everyone this is the weekly raid our news highlights for the week this week, the trailer for Disney Plus's Miss Marvel dropped. Hype was all over the place as a lot of people got to see Marvel's Muslim hero finally show up in physical form. Some people were a little less excited as they feel like what they saw in the trailer changed her powers too much. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll say what my immediate reaction to this. And I will declare first and foremost and above all that I am an absolute Miss Marvel noob. I have not read any of her comics. My only exposure to her has been what I've seen of her in that really terrible um, Avengers game Mm -hmm. that came out. And just what I've heard of her other than that while the Captain Marvel movie was coming out. Because there was a lot of association there. Right. And that was at the time when James and I were going to the comic shop every Wednesday. And while Captain Marvel was about to get her movie, there was a lot of promotion for Miss Marvel... Um, just around the comic shop. I was like, hey, you might like this too. Right. So let me tell you, having stated that about my reaction to it, Mm -hmm. what I loved, I loved seeing the trailer and I loved seeing this character on screen and being like, cool, this is awesome. This is representation. We see a girl living her life, being a normal, modern human being, embracing her faith, praying, and she's a, a hero. She's not like an angry anything. She's just... You know, a person trying to deliver life, a normal girl going to high school. Mm -hmm. That's cruel. That's very good. So what I've always heard about this character, about her powers, are that they represent uh, her 
not being able to hide herself. You know, there's the whole like, you know, not being able to hide her fire, not being able to be ladylike because her powers are basically stretch Armstrong powers, right? right? Like she can make her limbs and the rest of her body really big. She can grow to fantastic sizes, lift really heavy weights, um, you know, make her fist the size of a Buick and punch you with it, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any of that in the trailer what i saw was that she could like walk on air on a bunch of glowy sparkles and there were glowy sparkles on her hands mm. i don't know what any of that is and i don't want to be offended on behalf of a character that i really don't know very well mm -hmm. but that 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 doesn't seem super cool to me mm. and i i mean i that was my first impression mm. and because of how little i know about the character i feel like disney should be aware of that Right. And that's that's been my take so far. And maybe I'm judging the show too harshly. Maybe I'm judging it too early. Maybe they will give me exactly what I think I want from the show. Right. And um, I'm just complaining too early. I'll just say that 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 was my sentiment. You know, parts of it I love, parts of it that I was like, eh. I don't know. Yeah, and that. I see where you're coming from with that. And I think my biggest takeaway from it was, you know, there was a whole thing mm -hmm. about you know, being on Twitter the the minute that it launched and mm -hmm. how many people were just like, oh my God, I finally get to see somebody that looks like me on screen mm -hmm. and acts like me and, and dresses like me. And, you know, that part was just, you know, very encouraging, obviously, and very exciting to see. Um, and then there's the other part of it where people are kind of going like, okay, let's like debate the powers a little bit here. And I'm like, yeah. okay. But again, it's just a very quick trailer. So it was a very we quick don't trailer. know where this is going to be going. I think that we need to just like, hang on, let's all put a pin in this for a minute and we can revisit that once either we're into it or get a better, bigger trailer for it or mm -hmm. something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Holding my judgment for now, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of like a 60, 40 split on the first trailer. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has announced they're going to be rolling out a feature that will charge members extra who share their passwords, uh, share the passwords to their accounts. It will be tested in several countries before hitting America. So, uh, sorry, Chile, uh, Costa Rica, and Peru. Uh, you guys are going to be the test for this. I am so sorry to those countries, man. This is bullshit, and it'll never happen in the United States. If it does, that Netflix will see themselves... We'll, uh, we'll see the cancellation of, like, half of their accounts, honestly. Um, they decided this policy early, and they decided... They made a very good, very pro-consumer decision yeah. to not give a fuck. It's like, look, if you want... You can have your account running on five devices at a time if you want. It's really not our problem. We just want you to use our service. Right. And I understand that Netflix is expensive and needs to make their money, but it, Netflix isn't hurting for money. They don't well, need to do Well, and that's this. the thing is the natural progression of Netflix making this decision is one based purely off corporate greed. For sure. Um, it, it, if you really think about it, Netflix is essentially at its highest saturation point that it's ever going to yeah, be. Yeah, like every, Which makes it really hard to earn more money every single year. Right. So, yeah, that's exactly it. So we look at Netflix as a whole and say, it's, if it's at max saturation, how do you appease shareholders? How do you guarantee more money is going to be coming in? Instead of just being satisfied with the amount of money that's coming in, which is already a shitload. Mm -hmm. um, and that is finding new ways to nickel and dime. Obviously, they do raise the rates every once in a while. People are like, yeah, it's fine. They're raising the rates a little bit. Yeah. Um, natural progression, inflation happens. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about saying like, oh, no, we're going to be like monitoring like ISP traffic at this point and then charging based on that like see see that just doesn't even make any sense to me uh, there are entire companies uh, that uh, apply that, that that are just vpn companies that just allow you through their service to look like you're in another country 
half the people who buy those services buy them for Netflix because they know they have a larger library yeah. if they sign in from another country. Mm-hmm. If Netflix starts doing this, it, it really kind of fucks over a lot of people. Yeah. I understand, Netflix, that you need to make more money every year. That's how capitalism works. Mm-hmm. But do it with content. Like, you've been struggling a little bit with content lately, and maybe that's part of the business model you have of releasing an entire show all at once instead of letting it build hype. Um, And you know what? I would much rather you decide to start releasing weekly content than do this. This is... This is stupid. Yeah. Don't don't do this. Take 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 Ozark season four and release it. You know, three episodes the first week and like one a week after that. The yeah. HBO way and just you know, ha- just give in give into that. Yeah. This this is a, a bad move. This is how you know stuff like HBO Max and Disney Plus creeps up on you. Yeah, exactly. And while we usually don't talk about sales numbers on this show, I feel it's pretty important to mention that as of this week, Elden Ring has sold over 12 million units so far. Okay. It was also the most downloaded game on the PlayStation Store last month, and that's not even where most people bought their copy of the game. No, it's not. I mean, this is impressive. We're we're talking about a Souls product here. We are talking about a Demon Souls, a Dark Souls. We are talking about a genre which is arguably... For a lot of people, a high barrier to entry style game. So it's March 16th, right? Mm. Game came out February 25th. That's it's March 17th. March 17th. It, it's about it's about two two and a half weeks, almost uh, probably three today. I think if you count that it was released a little bit early. Yeah. Um, twelve million copies. That's mm-hmm. insane. Most games hit their first million at like the month mark if they're pretty popular. Yeah. Um, you, these are Call of Duty numbers. These are like God of War exclusive console release numbers. I don't even know if Last of Us hit these kind of numbers. I don't think it out. did. I, yeah. I really don't think it did. This is that that is unprecedented for a game that everyone knew to be as niche as it was. This is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. But all is not well in the world of Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. News has come out that there's a possible remote code exploit that exists within the game. This exploit allows invaders to trigger malicious code that affects the game of the player in question. Uh, it is possible that it could do further damages, but is not. Un- but that is unknown at the time. Now, Hector, I believe you know a lot about this, so I want to go ahead and turn the mic over to you. Yeah, let's talk about RCE and the history of Souls games and multiplayer. Now, this takes us all the way back to Dark Souls. On, with Demon Souls, this wasn't a problem. This was a PlayStation 3 game. Mm-hmm. And whatever hacking was going on d- didn't focus on Demon Souls, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> but Dark Souls eventually made it to the PC, as did the second one and the third one, and pretty much everything but Bloodborne. And at this point, even when we get to the PC version of Dark Souls, the, da- the, the engine that they've been putting these games on, which Elden Ring is still running on, by the way, right. which is a little bit of a Bethesda problem at this point. Like, mm-hmm. this is an old, old engine. What we found out, what some hackers who, all, honestly, like the people who are finding these things and reporting them widely, consider themselves benevolent mm-hmm. for finding these things. They're like, look, like we're out here discovering how you guys can be hurt and not hurting you. Right. Like, the, the, this is what we do. It's a service to the community. Mm-hmm. What they figured out all the way back 
um, all the way back in the world of about, I don't know, four or five months ago. Um, <laughs> way back when. Every, the servers for every Souls game. Um, Dark Souls 1 through 3, and I believe even Bloodborne, like this is how careful they were, was taken offline for a while. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was, is hackers discovered a little while ago that they could, because of the way the network works, um, <coughs> excuse me, changed what a character was wearing, what their stats were. Um, what they were carrying by hitting them in the mm-hmm. game. This is the kind of remote code execution they were able to do. They could alter your character. Right. Now, the problem with this old game, and it's frankly shitty fucking netcode that it has always had, mm-hmm. and they know is still a problem today right now, mm-hmm. is the hackers eventually figured out, well, what else can we do? Right. What other commands can we execute on this person's computer mm-hmm just by playing this game with them. And what they found out, uh, again, because of how old this technology is and because the file on your computer is saved locally and not in a server somewhere where it can't hurt you, is that they can, you know, do something like attack your character and open up, you know, and minimize the game and open up a bunch of YouTube windows Mm -hmm. with tutorials on how to install this hack and use it online. And that gets you killed in the game. But look at what they just did. Yeah. What else could they do? And this is what was reported, and this is why all the soul servers went down. So what this news is saying is that someone on the internet is attempting to show that this problem, even with the use in Elden Ring, the most current version of easy anti-cheat software, mm-hmm. which has not been in these games before, which it is being blamed for a lot of the performance issues in the game. Yeah. Anyway, so... What someone is claiming is that this still works in Elden Ring through easy anti-cheat. But all they did was release a video, which is now deleted, and they released a a Twitter post, which I believe is also now deleted. Mm -hmm. And when contacted, the person who released the video said he can't reproduce it because he's not the one who did it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he won't confirm whether or not he even knows it's real. Right. And it could be faked. It could be unknowable or improvable based on what we've seen. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's there at all is a real problem. We have games much older than Dark Souls and 2 and 3 and 1 <laughs> right. that do not have this problem. Mm-hmm. This is a problem with design. And this is something that I need to talk about and roll back a little bit because I've been doing nothing but praising this game. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it a review because I don't review games. It's not my job. Right. I didn't give it a 10 out of 10, which a lot of people did. And I want to say... Just off the bat that if this game isn't a 10 out of 10, I don't know what is. Like, Mm -hmm. it's remarkable. But the state of the polish of the PC port, first of all, and second of all, the fact that this problem exists at all has has to take that score down a peg. This is not a perfect game because perfect games don't have problems like this. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful game, and the content of it is remarkably awesome um it's worth being talked about and will be talked about and hopefully emulated for a decade Mm -hmm. this game will change the way we will change the way people make games for a while but the state this game released in and the technology that it's running on is really old and is a hindrance to the experience right um and that has to be said especially now in wake of this news that as much as I love from software, as much as we all like to think that they can do no wrong, and as much of a masterpiece as this game is, uh, they need to do better a with their PC ports and b just by their by, by the people who love them. Yeah. Like it's not too far from here to a cyberpunk. 
That's if, true. If they're if they're not careful, so that, that's that, this that's is what kind, I have. kind of figured. This is your like warning shot across the bow. Yeah, this is situation. very much my my. That's all I have to say about that moment. You know, yeah. it's like it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So earlier this month, Capcom announced a series of guidelines for how their games should appear in air quotes in fighting game tournaments. The things that were outlined in this uh, document. Uh, were how to host a Capcom game at a fighting game tournament. Mm -hmm. And the reception was not well received by the community. So let me break some of this stuff down so we can kind of get into it. Okay. So some of the things that were put in their press release were um, you cannot have a prize pool that exceeds a, a 10K. Um, they have some other wording that they put in there specifically that you cannot promote your event in a way that suggests your event is endorsed or affiliated with Capcom or any licensors in that matter. You cannot use Capcom's company logos and trademarks, e.g. Capcom to promote your event. Furthermore, you must include the following statement in a prominent place on your event website and other key marketing materials. This event is not affiliated with or sponsored by Capcom. So. Do not incorporate the Street Fighter intellectual property, Street Fighter name, or Street Fighter logo into your event name or visual advertising. For example, do not say your brand Street Fighter event. Rather, rather say your brand event featuring Street Fighter. So the roundabout of all of this stuff that, that I could have gone on for hours talking about <clears throat> is that basically, based on this document that they came out with, you have to get your approval to run the tournament by Capcom. Mm -hmm. Abide by the prize pool amounts that is set by Capcom. Yeah. But you are not affiliated with Capcom, even though you need the approval. And you can only broadcast your tournament via approved places. So, mm. the fighting game community has pushed back very quickly on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah they were basically yeah. like, look, uh, these rules are horrible and we want nothing to do with them. And if we keep this going, we want nothing to do with your games. And that's a really hard mark considering around the time that this news was dropped is the exact same time they dropped that street fighter six news that everybody got excited. Yeah. About. He's thick. Fuck. You yeah. Know. He's a thick boy. So that's the thing is that if you know anything about the fighting game community, it's that, the fighting game community isn't some big organization that hosts these like million dollar tournaments, you know, everywhere. The fighting game community is a grassroots organization. Yes, there mm. are things like Evo that exist. Sure. But Evo exists because the local Houston tournament I played Guilty Gear in when I was a kid exists. Yeah, absolutely. And they got in touch with other places that ran those kind of tournaments and said, Man, we should really get together and do like one big one every year. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, this is, I mean, the same thing happened in the Smash Brothers history. Like, mm -hmm. this used to be a bunch of kids driving from town to town playing in each other's living rooms. Yeah. And so I think that, I mean, it's great that Capcom has decided, okay, maybe we should dial this back and rethink this whole document. That's important. But I mean, they put their cards on the table. Mm -hmm. Like, they said, like, You've got to be authorized by us, but you can't be called authorized by us when you do it. And yeah. Like, so, and, the, and the thing is that Capcom for the last couple of years has had a really good history of being very pro-consumer. They put out pro-consumer games. They have not tacked on a whole bunch of additional like, you know, microtransactions to their shit. Mm -hmm. Like they've been trying to be very, very pro-consumer. Yeah. And Capcom has released a lot of very, very good games uh, in, since Resident Evil 7. <laughs> like they've just been really throwing out banger after banger. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, all, all the whole time been pretty pro consumer um, and generally responsive to their fans and what mm-hmm. they want. And I mean, you're literally playing Resident Evil Village in the next room right now. Yep. I, am. I mean, it, it's good. They make good stuff. So this move. Some of it feels like legalese. Some of it was probably like a lawyer walking into a CEO's room one day and was like, what if some asshole decides to throw up a tournament uh, that says Capcom all over it on whatever new social media thing that Trump is sponsoring and it's like sponsored by the KKK? Like we, we need to be able to fucking knock right, that but shit there, off. There's another side of this that's there the, the, the dirtier side and that is... Capcom has something called the Capcom Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. And the Capcom Pro Tour is where you get points through the Capcom Pro Tour to get, you know, brought into other Capcom events. You can do very good in the Capcom Pro Tour and somebody will sponsor you. Okay. And then you can become, you know, a Capcom Pro Pro? Yeah. <laughs> At that point? Yeah, a professional right? player uh, TM. So, so yeah. it feels like there's a, a bit of this that's like them saying like, the Capcom Pro Tour definitely has to separate itself from what the normal fighting game community is. But there are just so many of these restrictions that I'm looking at and going like, I feel like you guys are like going too hard. Yeah. Like, under, like we're, we're totally cool that you got your own thing, mm-hmm. right? And unlike Nintendo, you let us use your thing as well. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But, but like, maybe not go, maybe don't go this hard. Right. And the, the weird thing is the prize pool stuff. Like that I don't understand. Like, right. like the tournaments from all over the world have all kinds of different price points and they really attract players and it could be players who are you know pro players and it could be amateurs depending on the prize pool amount but they should people should be able to set it themselves right and there's a lot of weird stipulations to it i didn't even get into all the monetary stipulations it's like your tournament can only like have a max prize pool of x amount of money like twenty thousand dollars and only like 10 of that can go towards a capcom game and like i don't have all the details I'm, I'm, i'm kind of speaking out of my ass yeah and but it's it, a lot of this sounded like the we don't want people to see a, gra- a grassroots fighting game tournament as being bigger than the Capcom Pro Tour. The, yeah. But, like, guys, Evo exists. Yeah, and it just means do it bigger, right? Like, right. if you don't want people playing your game bigger than you, you you, you need to make an Overwatch League, right? Yeah. Like, like, you, like look, with Capcom has, I mean, Street Fighter, among other things, but Capcom has enough that it can be like, yo... Not only are we launching Street Fighter, but we're launching a big Street Fighter Five tournament to get everybody ready. Now, this is going to be the biggest thing you've ever seen. We got venues. We got the best players in the world. We got the tournaments going. $100,000 prize pool. Yeah. And at the end, the winners get to battle in like Street Fighter Six before anyone else gets to play it. Right. right? Like, that's how you do your promotion. Yeah. That's how you put eyes on your game. Mm -hmm. This, this is, this makes us like get very boring over it and talk about how shitty a move this is. Right. Some podcast. This is the wrong move, Capcom. (laughs) Like, come on. And I mean, when you look at it, like, I hate to break it to Capcom right now, but like, now is not the time to bust out those kind of rules. Yeah. Because let me tell you, Capcom, you're not number one in the world. No, not even close. You haven't been since Guilty Gear came (laughs) out. And King of Fighters is about to be very popular. Like, like, there's a lot of competition right here, right now for Street Fighter. Two indie fighting games have gotten very big this year. Uh, The the new Melty Blood and there's... Skullgirls? Skullgirls, thank you. And the new Skullgirls are both getting, like... Getting good audiences. So, like, Street Fighter has its work cut out for it. Right. How about you not make everyone hate it before it comes out? Absolutely. I completely agree. 
Silent Hill fans got excited once again this week as Konami renewed their trademark for the Silent Hill franchise. I'm sorry, con- uh, Silent Hill fan. <laughs> Me being one of them. I'm sorry, both of us. God damn it. The most notable addition to the trademark was the one that included the wording virtual reality headset in it. <laughs> You can't tell, but he's giving me a look right now. Yeah, I'm giving him a, a, a can you believe this bullshit right now <laughs> look. Like, 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 give me a break. Like, this is, th- th- this is like, uh, like, like being blindfolded and teased with a feather duster by someone you would never, ever want to have sex with. Right. Like, like this will only end in disappointment. <laughs> like, it feels good right now and maybe even a little alluring. And you're like, ooh, I want that. I want more of that. Don't, as soon as you take off the blindfold, this is going to be like, you have to buy the Konami headset, which is terrible and overpriced. <laughs> and the game is actually just an NFT of fucking Pyramid Head. <laughs> like, this is what you're going to, th- that's what happens when you take the blindfold fold off because here's the thing going back to capcom for a hot minute mm-hmm. capcom is a company that aside from the fighting game stuff we just talked about has, has really gained our trust and yes. when they were like mm-hmm. by the way we're building resident evil 7 from the ground up and it's also going to be completely vr yeah and we were like ah is that going to take away from the normal game like nope it's just going to be an fps if you play it normal and we went okay that's fine. yeah that makes sense and then everybody played resident evil in vr and said man that's fucking terrifying as shit man yeah maybe maybe <laughs> Maybe this is too much. Maybe that's too much. Maybe seeing a, a nine-foot-tall vampire lady with VR goggles on is not what I want to be doing with my life. Oh, man. Um, but at the end of the day, they made uh, Capcom has consistently made a quality product that made you want to invest in it. Whereas you tell me the words Silent Hill virtual reality game, and I feel like I'm going to walk into a Dave & Buster's, and I'm literally going to see like a virtual reality cabinet in Dave & Buster's that's just like, here, pay 20 bucks and spend five minutes in Silent Hill, because that's what Konami does now yeah yeah like sorry i am a giant silent hill fan and i would give anything for some amazing silent hill news it's not happening so so you know what's gonna happen is sometime here sometime here in the in the in the future in the near future hopefully you and i are gonna gonna finally take that vacation we're gonna go to japan we're gonna walk into an arcade and we're gonna see the silent hill vr game we're gonna put the helmet on and it's going to be a pachinko game. <laughs> and we're going to play a whole bunch of pachinko, pachinko in VR. VR. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking destroy me. With Silent Hill oh, themes. Oh, God. Just a kid. Oh, God. My entire brain just broke. Fuck. God, that's what it'll be. Uh, or also on top of that, I think if... and. and If I'm remembering my Castlevania history correctly, Mm -hmm. there was a Castlevania pachinko machine that was highly sexualized as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. could do that. So you'll put the VR goggles on, and then you'll play a pachinko machine, and then Pyramid will come out, but Pyramid Head will be topless, but also have giant tits. Yeah, just because... And you'll just be like, why? Yeah, what are you doing? Why am I here? My poor childhood. Right. (laughs) My entire brain. Just heard. And like the thing is, is that it, if you followed the news as long as I have for doing this show, every time a company re-ups their trademark on something, everybody gets super excited about it. Mm-hmm. And you have to remind them, like they have to do that. Yeah. Like, like, like this is an actual is, news. Like, yeah, this is an actual news. That doesn't mean there's going to be a new Silent Hill game. That just means they're just upping their trademark because if they don't, they'll lose it. Yeah. Because like they did recently, Konami lost the domain to Silent Hill, mm-hmm. and somebody paid like eight thousand dollars for the domain to Silent Hill. And all they did with that $8,000 is take a picture of the tweet of the artist who created Pyramid Head 
that said creating pyramid head was a mistake. I should have never done it. And that's what's on the website right now. You can go to silenthill.com. And I think that tweet is still what is up there right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. No, they have to renew this stuff. It, it's not worth like, like it's literal click bait. Like imagine if we got a tweet or like a notification every time like George R. R. Martin opened his laptop to write. Right. Like, like that's what we, that, that's what we're getting every time we see an article that we click on that says, oh, Konami reestablished it owns fucking Silent Hill. Of course it did. Yeah. Because if they didn't, I'd buy that shit. Yep. And then I'd go sell it to Arcane. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, Amazon announced last year that they were going to attempt to purchase the film studio MGM. As of this last week, that deal is cleared. Mm. So Amazon now owns over 4,000 films, 17,000 TV episodes, and a lot of rights to properties, including James Bond, Fargo, Hadmaid's Tale, and Robocop. James Bond is really, really big. That, that's a big one. It is. Yeah. That's, what, what could Amazon that's do with James Bond? I don't know. I know Amazon's not going to touch RoboCop. That, that's way too close to home for them. If I was going to make a modern RoboCop, it would have something to do with Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. It would, be, it would be RoboCop literally by Amazon. It would be, what if RoboCop, what if Amazon accidentally made RoboCop? Or just made RoboCop because we let them and right. thought it was a good idea. That's what I would make out of that. No, but James Bond is a property that um, I've been paying a lot of attention to lately, just going back through the history of, and it's a it's a big, powerful property from the movies to obviously like some of the video games, yep. um, to the actors. Like I have a lot of respect for some of the movies, and some of them are pure trash. Mm-hmm. A lot of the early stuff was horrifyingly misogynistic and even just like overtly rapey. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of attention and care is put into a lot of the newer stuff. The Daniel um, Craig stuff. Daniel Craig stuff. Um, some of the Pierce Brosnan stuff. Even some of the Timothy Dalton stuff was really good. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Timothy Dalton was kind of the uh, the Christian Bale of James Bonds. He mm-hmm. was the oh, this is the darker, grittier James Bond. This is Got the him. like Cold War, but I get shit done, Jack Bauer style James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. That's a big property to own, and you can do a lot with it. And Amazon lately, like, say what you will about, like, how many eyes their content gets, but they make really quality stuff. Yeah. While Netflix has a tendency these days to throw a lot of money at big stuff and hope to get, like, star power so they get eyes, mm-hmm. Amazon usually hires art auteurs to, like, make their things, and they do a wonderful job. All right. So, yeah, that's that's rough, man. I don't know. All right, we are going to have this discussion. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are longtime listeners to our show, you know that for a long time we had a pretty strict rule on our show that we said that we are not a political podcast. True. Since we have rebranded to Good Night and Good Game, we've changed our stance on that because we feel like there are issues in the world that are worth talking about. Mm-hmm. We are going to be discussing one of those issues now. This week, 65 companies, including Microsoft, EA, and Gearbox, signed a letter that opposed Texas Governor Greg Abbott's recent anti-LGBTQ plus bill. It was organized by the Human Rights Campaign and starts with a very simple, bold statement. Discrimination is bad for business. Here's a quote from that letter. The recent attempt to criminalize a parent for helping their transgender child access medically necessary age-appropriate health care in the state of Texas goes against the value of our companies. This policy creates fear in employees and their families, especially those with transgender children, who might now be faced with having to choose 
with uh, faced with choosing to provide the best possible medical care, medical care for their children, but risk having those children removed by child protective services for doing so. Mm-hmm. So if you're unaware of the situation in Texas, Greg Abbott is passing bills and legislation that basically outlaw being trans is the right so, so put it. yeah the, the 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 nuts and bolts are of it are and it's the, the the shitty thing is is it's not even like an official thing it's, it's not a law that he like put into effect and is enforcing we don't do that anymore we ask our citizens to enforce our laws mm-hmm. um like with the abortion thing that's also going on in this state don't you love texas um so what abbott had basically done is he asked the attorney general to investigate any case of a parent helping their child by getting them medical care for their transness. He wanted the AG, the attorney general of the state, to investigate all such cases as child abuse. Mm -hmm. And now they cite a lot of bullshit things about this, like, uh, oh, it's going to be taught in schools, and oh, they're just brainwashing their kids, and oh, they're going to let their kid reassign their genitals, you know, at the age of 12. First of all, that never happens. That never, ever happens. You have to be 18 or born a hermaphrodite to have gender reassignment surgery, period. Hmm. Other than that, it doesn't happen. What this care usually comes down to is a child not feeling comfortable in their own body and needing either or both therapy and hormones. Mm -hmm. Very simple stuff. Therapy is good for literally everyone, especially right now. Mm -hmm. And having the right amount of hormones in your body really can take you from insane to sane. Um, And doctors would know. Doctors would know by looking at a patient in cases that they are familiar with, what that child might need, who that child might need to see, what doses they might need. And this is simply to keep the child alive. This is to keep the child from suffering so deeply in themselves because of the dysphoria they feel that they think about things like suicide, Mm -hmm. or they think about things like hurting themselves or people around them. Uh, it's It's medicine. It's actual medicine yeah. that is being outlawed right now. Uh, just to provide an example for this, there was a family reaching that reached attempted to reach out to uh, the governor, saying, "You know, we are the parents of a transgender child. We would like to speak with you about this issue and see if maybe we can, you know, find some common ground." And Abbott immediately called CPS on them. Mm-hmm. That is something that happened here in Texas. Yes, because they don't. So, so the, the tactic here is is to literally outlaw children being transgender. Right. No matter how medical it is, no matter how real it is, it's no different than trying to outlaw being gay. No matter what age you are, mm-hmm. if they said, "Oh, if anyone under eighteen is gay, would they need to go to jail?" Because they're not allowed to make that decision yet. Uh, I mean, what what are we talking about? We're talking about an actual eraser of a group of people. Right. We're talking about genocide. It, like, like this is abhorrent in the most horrible degree. Now, I know this; we haven't related this back to games, comics, or movies yet. But, but, but I mean, this is this is about these studios and companies, and these are not small studios. No, and it was Microsoft. It's, it's fucking Microsoft, yeah. right? Like it's EA. Yeah, these are companies. Stepping these are the biggest in companies the, in the world. These are the companies that can afford to buy movie companies. Yeah, and are just like, by the way, Texas governor, you are incorrect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at least that's, 
at least that's a bright light in the middle of this news, which is fucking horrific. It is. It is. And and I'm glad they're doing it. And we need more action like this. We uh, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I wish every Texan would this year up, refuse to pay their taxes based mm. on this bullshit. Mm. Like, like there should be, we should be more upset about this. There than is we an election right around the corner. Yes, there is. And, and please, please vote. If you live in Texas, please vote. Mm. Like, like, please vote. And and you know vote your conscience. I, I, we don't do call to action calls to no, action unless it's to support something we really care about that is related to the things that we normally talk about. But vote 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 your conscience, of course. But like, please vote. Like either way, please yeah. vote. Um, but trans kids deserve to have a voice, and right now they don't. They, they deserve to have a life, man. They deserve the same care everyone does. Yeah. And I know not everyone gets the care they need, especially in this country. But specifically outlawing people getting medicine for certain things or certain people getting medicine at all. Mm. This is no different than saying black people can't buy insulin. Sorry, that's the law. How dare they even want insulin? In fact, it would be abuse. Any doctor, and this is part of the law, it's not just the parents, any doctor we find trying to give insulin to black people is capable of being sued. Right. Like, how about that? They can be brought up on charges. This is the same with uh, parents or doctors who recommend care for trans children right now. We are seeing reports all over NPR right now from inside Texas of doctors saying, because of the current law, I can't see you right now. Here is someone just out of state you can go see. And by the way, there are other states right now trying to make it illegal to leave the state for care like this. So uh, I don't don't know. Same for abortion. Yeah. yeah, same for abortion. I don't I don't know what is going on right now, but I know that it can't keep going on. Yeah. It's fucked up. I know that was a bit deep and a bit um side tangent from where we normally go with this, but it was a very important thing that we talk about and, yes, and we it, should we should be having these conversations. So. We should. And and just in case anyone listening doesn't know, we live in Austin, Texas, which is why we bring this up. This is affecting people around us. It affects yeah. our lives every day. People that we love and care about. Yeah. So it's it's close to, it's obviously very close to home and it's close to our hearts. So that's you know, if that shines a light on yeah, that, if, that's if this episode reaches one person that, you know, it impacts, then it was worth having this conversation. Absolutely. Finally, to wrap the news up this week, it has been reported by several outlets that a quote-unquote Daredevil reboot is in development at at Disney Plus as a series with Kevin Feige as a producer. There's not really much else that's known about the series at this time, just that it's tentatively being called Daredevil reboot. Okay, okay, so... um... This it shouldn't be a spoiler for anyone who listens to this show, but uh, uh, Charlie Cox did a small cameo in Spider Man No Way Home. Um, is it No Way Home? Am I getting mm-hmm. the right one? Okay, uh, Spider Man No Way Home as the, you know Matt Murdock as the Daredevil. Yeah, and it was perfect. It was such a good cameo. He mm-hmm. was in character. He was in the right character. He felt like the guy from the really really gritty Netflix show we all watched in. 2015 something like that yeah 2013 something like that long time ago um and he was just right there and i loved seeing him Mm -hmm. and more than anyone else in the show um besides probably rosario dawson like i need this show to come back Mm -hmm. like this was a great show you don't want this thing to be rebooted you want it to continue no no i I, it's charlie cox is gonna be the daredevil if we're gonna get more charlie cox matt murdoch Mm -hmm. I, i don't care what the show is i mean 
Yeah, I, I have a feeling Disney won't let it be quite as dark right. as it used to be, but I felt like the tone of the show was good and really landed correctly. And for the audience, I feel like they really have liked it. Have you logged too. into Disney Plus in like the last week? Mm-mm. I I had. I did last night. I didn't realize that when I logged in, I had to turn on the adult filter. There's an adult filter? Yeah, because the, because the Netflix shows are on Disney Plus now, oh. you have to basically say, like, this account. like and, and it's for each, oh. of the, each of the profiles on Every my account. Every account is like, this account can watch adult stuff. Right. Okay. Oh, I need to go so, do yeah. that. Yeah, as soon as you turn it on, it'll be like, hey, activate the yeah. like adult portion. Yeah. So you can watch the, the Defenders and all that. Yeah, no, these shows are very good. Watch them, except... Iron Fist? Except for Iron Fist. The rest of them are worth watching. The rest of them are absolutely worth watching. Defenders is worth watching. Iron Fist... Uh, I, I only care that we are at least getting uh, Daredevil back, and you know if we can get really lucky, we can maybe bring Luke Cage back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd really like some Jessica Jones back, too. Yeah. I feel like Jessica Jones got her three seasons, and that was a pretty good story. Yeah. I'd love to see what else we can do with Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. She's the perfect fit. She is. Maybe we need some Disney writers on that noise yeah. right like yeah and yeah we, luke cage deserves we need luke cage now more than ever yeah absolutely all right that's everything that we have for the news this week we're going to take a small break and when we come in on back on the other side we'll be going into our main topic in the boss room boss room hey everyone welcome back to the show this is the boss room our main topic for the show sometimes related to the news sometimes not this week, we finally get to dive into The Book of Boba Fett, a series that I think we both had a lot of fun with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, But to a lot of people out there, it did prove very divisive. Mm-hmm. So just a quick warning, there will be spoilers ahead. So let's go ahead and ju- jump into this thing. Okay. So <clears throat> I think my favorite thing about Boba Fett is the way that the story was told. Mm-hmm. And the reason... Uh, I bring that up is because not a lot of people have really come to grips with the way that his story was told Mm -hmm. because unlike the Mandalorian, the story was told entirely out of order, Mm -hmm. completely and totally out of order. Yep. Um, What we got was an episode of the Mandalorian Mm -hmm. where Boba Fett shows up and he's got a bunch of Tusken Raider gear on, and he just wants his ship back and his armor back. Mm-hmm. And there's the Mandalorian going, all right, but what the fuck? Who are you, though? And Ming-Na Wen is there for some reason. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand. Right. Um, but it's a pretty good episode of The Mandalorian, and you're pretty happy with it. And, you know, uh, Grogu gets kidnapped, and they have to go rescue him. Spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2, by the way. Yeah. Um, that you should have seen two years ago. <laughs> uh, but um, he doesn't get to meet Luke Skywalker. None of us are ready for that. Right. But, you know... Um, we get that whole bit of Boba Fett, and everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. We got to see a little bit of Boba Fett. It's super weird that he was dressed like a Tusken Raider, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. So then the show comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, the way that show began, like, I don't know how to how to put that into words. Does everyone remember the episode of Parks and Recreation where Patton Oswalt guest starred and Leslie Nope really needed him to distract the city council. So he got up there and ranted in the background, and you can listen to what he's saying, and it's fucking hilarious to this day. And he starts talking to the city council about the fact that Disney now owns both Marvel and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And then he starts talking about how they write more Star Wars. And then he starts talking about Boba Fett. And he literally says, so, screen open, Starwipe, 
there's the desert. A hand comes out of the sand in the green-clad armor of Boba Fett. <laughs> and you watch the first fucking episode, and I swear to Christ, it's exactly what he was talking about <laughs> in that episode of Parks and Recreation. But what I'm talking about is the show picks up way, way before we met Boba Fett right. in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And the show being told that out of order gave us enough intrigue to really like try and understand mm-hmm. what the show is doing. And I don't know, like like this is just my opening rant, but I feel like a lot of the people who had a problem with the show mm-hmm. were more confused than anything. So I think the people that had a problem with the show, and I, I hate to say this, mm-hmm. were probably people who were fans of Boba Fett when they had an image in their mind of who Boba Fett was and or spent way too much time reading the extended universe, which I did read those books and they're good. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, is that there's a lot of people who have Boba Fett tattoos that this Boba Fett didn't look, act, walk, talk like their Boba Fett. Right. And so a lot of people got really upset about it. Mm -hmm. And I could see that like you've dedicated your life to this character who basically has no personality and here we are. Yeah, he's a suit of armor. Right. <laughs> you can't and see his eyes. I, and I see that. And there's a, this other conversation being had around it, like, oh, it was too silly. There was space Vespas. There was all these things. Here, here the thing, though. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this show came out just after the last season of The Mandalorian. Yep, which like was right after. Fucking serious as balls. As serious as balls can be, mm-hmm. that's how serious The Mandalorian is. Very was. serious balls. And we know that the show that's taking place right after The Book of Boba Fett is Obi-Wan, which is like even more serious than balls. Oh man, like yeah. It is it is ovarian levels of no, seriousness. No, that's going to be wild. Those balls have like gray hair and a necktie. Like this is going to be business this is, balls. This is going to be ridiculous and we know this is going to be dark because Obi-Wan's shit is dark because yeah, you know, it's Clone Wars it his fails. shit is dark. <laughs> and like between dark and dark Bro, you gotta have something, my friend. Yeah, let's have some candy-colored fucking sand vespas. Right, like, and I think that that's the thing that pissed people off is they were just wanting more dark Star Wars, and I'm like, but Star Wars can't always be dark, y'all. Yeah, it, it has like, to be fun sometimes. Like, I need it some really fun, does. and like, if fun is just like Boba Fett showing up with some space-colored, uh, some multicolored vespas, yeah, then fuck, let the man do it. It's and good you stuff. Know what? Let him ride a rancor. That and, sounds fun. And the thing that people got. Some for whatever reason got pissed off about was when Boba Fett wasn't spending enough time making Boba Fett certain so serious. They said, "Fine, you're that upset about it. We're gonna give you a Mandalorian episode." Yep, like a straight up full Mandalorian episode. Threw it in right in the middle of his season, and they were like, "Oh, well, why would you throw a fucking Mandalorian episode in the middle of this fucking Boba Fett show that I hate so much?" And I'm like, "You cannot be pleased." Star Wars like, fans. Uh, so then this show pleased. starts, and you're like, can we please have a Mandalorian back? And we literally gave him back, and you still you bitch. Like, still you bitch. I love Star Wars, but I hate fans of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm a fan of Star Wars. Tied for third worst fandom, Star it's Wars, just, for sure. It's like, it's it's rough, man. Yeah. Like, there was so much about the Book of Boba Fett to love. And I, and, and I don't want to be one of those people that's just like, I always will hear... 
and love loving things. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man, Book, Book of Boba Fett was good. It was good. It was awesome. All you had to do was like understand that A, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. He's not very good at it. He right. literally showed up on a desert planet completely broken without his armor because it was stripped off of him by Jawas. Get more humiliated than that. And then it was dragged through the desert by sand people. And, and But, you know, it, his, his warrior spirit and his determination kept him from just dying out mm-hmm. there. It, 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 you know, it engendered him friends and even a ready-made family eventually. They showed him the compassion to, you know, spare... Um, God, I forget her character's name all the time because her name's Ming No Wen. Yep. Ming No Wen's character, you know, and she suddenly realized that the gift that he gave her was the best thing he could have possibly done for himself. Mm-hmm. She asked him, What's in it for you? And he says, You know what I value? Loyalty. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, he wants a family. And he spends the whole show trying not to be too hard on people who cross him, mm-hmm. trying to show peace and mercy instead of just blasting people in the face all the time, paying the consequences for not being hard enough when everyone else is going hard in the paint. Yep. And, like, coming to grips with who he is. He yeah. has a full arc. He, you know, he has a beginning, middle, and end. And, yeah, part of it happens in The Mandalorian Season 2, but part of Mandalorian Season 3 happened in this show, so it's fine. We just swapped. Yeah. It, 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 they kissed. They, they hugged. Yeah. We got to see pieces of them in each other, and I love being able to contrast them side by side in the same show. I just really hated seeing the you know, criticism online that was just, like, you know, Robert Rodriguez should never fucking direct a Star Wars. Oh, and I'm get like, off of it. I'm like, I only want him and like Dave <laughs> yeah. Filoni to ever make a Star Wars. No kidding. Like, Robert Rodriguez, like, and people say that he, he, you know, people will point to some of his movies and say, this is too ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, he's basically making fun of you. No, he's having fun. Yeah. That's what he does when he directs. He has mm-hmm. fun. Watch everything from Once Upon a Time in Mexico to um, Battle Angel Alita. Mm-hmm. He's always having fun, no matter who he's working with, no matter what he was doing. And it was all over the screen in Boba Fett. Yeah. I, I, I was just constantly entertained. I never felt like the story was dragging. Yeah. You know, it was a short series anyway. It was. It was like, what was it, like eight episodes? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And like there's a, and those are things that nobody is ever going to need to touch on again. Like mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars doesn't need to go back to Tatooine for a while. Yeah, I think we're about Tatooine out at this point. Yeah, I mean, once yeah. we're done with Kenobi, I think we should probably just like have the Death Star walk over in canon and just right. like blast Tatooine <laughs> and just be like, all right, sorry, bye, we're done it's, with that. Yeah, we're done with that. No one be too sad, but we we got to get rid of it. Boba Fett <laughs> didn't get out of this one, y'all. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um. What were some of the highlights for you? Just off the top of your head, when you're thinking, when you hear the book of Boba Fett, like what are the things that make you smile? Falling in love with a new Wookiee. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a very dapper, large Wookiee, who's again, I can't be fucked to remember Star Wars names. I'm yeah. sorry. They're all a little strange. Boba Fett's a strange name. Anyway, mm-hmm. there's a very, very handsome Wookiee who like starts off as kind of a bad guy and does like a heel face turn. And, and the, now the entire like, internet suddenly is sexually attracted to a Wookiee. Yeah, and, and now you're like super hot for him because like, yeah, no, that Wookiee can get it. Like as soon as you're <laughs> ready to empathize with him, you're like, yeah, okay, would. Yeah, yeah. would, Mr. Wookiee, <laughs> with your handsome like salt and pepper beard yeah yeah. that's just fur you're not wearing a beard that's just fur but still into it um we saw you know a whole bunch of oh god what were some other highlights obviously 
obviously Danny Trejo is a Rancor Wrangler. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, suddenly a Rancor shows up uh, in the middle of the season, and who's there to feed, train the Rancor, and train the Rancor's owner, uh, Boba Fett, than Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. and my God, if he wasn't born and to play that part. An entire episode that's just basically like, hey, remember that big creature from like the Return of the Jedi that seemed like a jum- dumb, stupid beast? Mm-hmm. It has feelings, by the way. It does, yeah. And you know, you should you, should, you should know about them, right? And like, let's describe to you in detail the feelings that this creature has, and you're just like, fuck, I love this creature now. Yeah. Why do? Why does all of the sudden Rancor look cuddly? Like right. that shouldn't like. I want to hug it now. Yeah. I never wanted to hug it before. I w- it was going to eat my face. One of the things that I loved, and, and this is a point of contention, and I want to bring it back to the, the Vespa gang, is Star Wars is a series in which we have seen for years people who were engaged in war get prosthetics. Yep. And if you've ever played the Star Wars tabletop role-playing game, like you understand, like there were there were rules in place. Not that that's canon, but mm-hmm. there were rules in place for if your character wanted to get wanted to get prosthetics. Right. And so to see a group of rebellious teenagers with attitude that weren't Power Rangers decide on their own terms that they wanted to modify their bodies. Yes, it is straight up cyberpunk. Suddenly it's very cyberpunk, yeah. It's all, that's always existed in Star Wars. Always. We've never explored it from a cyberpunk angle. Mm -hmm. I mean, look look what happened to, I mean, Anakin uh, later in the Vader phase is just ahead. Yeah. At that point. Like, there's nothing to him. And and the same is true for a lot of kids. Look at, you know, Grievous. But but, but it's weird to me because, and this is going to get really meta for a second, Mm -hmm. I apologize. There is this argument that happens when we talk about the concept of transhumanism, mm-hmm. in which to be transhuman uh, is to adapt, uh, in the transhumanism ideal is to adapt technology into your body and do it willingly, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there are people who are very, very on the fence both sides. Some yeah. people like me are just like, fuck, man, you want to mod your body? Fucking go mod your body, go do you it. You want to give me backwards knees and let me jump yep. 25 feet in the fucking, air? Fuck fucking do yes. it. And then there's the other side, and I won't say who they are, but they're like, that's against the higher purpose. You can't do that. But when you ask those same people, well, what if a veteran gets his limb blown off in a war that they're fighting for your country? And like, oh, it's totally acceptable for him to have a prosthesis then. Mm-hmm. This is what I feel like the argument is that we're having with Star Wars. Yeah, straight up. Anakin was a war. Corvette, yes, he deserves to have robot parts. These kids just wanted to buy robot parts. You can't do that. I just, I Robot just, parts are available for sale. Right? If I could go buy a better hand right now and it was affordable and easy to use, yeah. plug it in. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's what I'm saying. I just, I feel like Star Wars is reflecting real life a little bit here. Yeah. And like the people who are pissed off about the cyberpunk element are like, it's always been there though, y'all. Always, always has. Always has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, people become amputees in that show literally all the time. Yeah, all the time. So much so that it is a meta joke in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. The, the Star Wars thing. People are always losing limbs in that show, and it's because it's a joke from Star Wars. Yep, yep. There was so much to love about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, it's hard for me to find things that I didn't like about it because I felt like it was just a short enough series. It was just excellently paced. I had a fun time with it. Um, 
you know, I I don't know if I really needed more of it than what I got. Yeah, it's a yeah, weird, yeah. it's a weird opinion to have. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like no, they, no, that's said, that, that's a good opinion. No, and, that, and that's the thing that I took away from the show at the end too. Is I don't think we need the book of Boba Fett season two. I think we got closure for a character that very smartly either Feige or Filoni or who did uh, John Favreau, whoever decided is like maybe we should put this shit to bed. Yeah. Maybe we should give Boba Fett a happily ever after because we all know what we didn't want to see was Boba Fett. What we all know we wanted to see was a fucking Mandalorian. We wanted to know where that fucking suit of armor came from and what the story there was. Boba Fett and who he is and what we learned about him in the prequels, all very cool, worth about eight episodes of TV. Yeah. The Mandalorian, that's going to go places. Right. And that's the thing is that the, the show that people say keep saying online, the, the fans, in mm-hmm. air quotes, the fans, um, the show they wanted for Boba Fett, we, we got them. We, we got it two seasons before Fourth, Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so, great. And it's better than a story about Boba Fett could have ever been. Yeah. It's, it was not constrained by anything of the past. Yeah. With the exception of Clone Wars and all the things that came before. Well, yeah, with the exception of, like, the actual movie <laughs> With the exception canon. of, like, you know, 40 years of Star Wars canon. Yeah. Bogging it down. But it got to be its own thing. It and did. It, it, and it didn't have to have the name Boba Fett attached to it because the name Boba Fett has expectations. Yeah. Because you, my friend, at and 18... And baggage. And a lot you, of baggage. You, my friend, at 18, went and got yourself a Boba Fett tattoo mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to be obsessed with this character that died in a Sarlacc pit and had about three lines of actual dialogue the actual fucking movies. Yeah. And you made your own head cannon, and maybe you fell asleep with a Boba Fett body pillow. Sometimes you may have jerked off into it. And now you have an idea in your head of what Boba Fett does, says, and how he comes... And because this show did not live up to any of those expectations, you are not disappointed. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a set, setting yourself up sort of thing. You it know? really is. Yeah. It was a beautiful show. It was a fun show. It was good. I could watch it again. Yeah. I had a yeah. smile on my face the entire time I was mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. And people will point out the stupid stuff. They'll be like, hey, well, here's this fight scene where they're surrounded by shields and he could have just jumped his jetpack out of there. I'm like, yes, but he was also back to back with his partner and she couldn't do that. And yeah. Just like, there's just stop trying to fucking put holes in it. Yeah. It's a fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Sometimes, especially, okay, like first, yes. Okay. Thank you so much for saying that. There's a thing that I used to say to Tony a lot when we would watch movies. And this is when he would, um, Come up with a, a a something in the plot that didn't make sense during a you know probably a very stupid movie. Right. And I would turn over and say, "This is a movie with boobs in it. You're mm-hmm. thinking too much about the booby movie. This is the, the the equivalent of just a dumb action movie with tits in it. Is a Star Wars action scene. Mm-hmm. It is there for fans to hear the pew pew sound and maybe if you're very lucky, some vroom vroom with some uh, with some lightsabers. Yeah. Other than that." It, it, it's 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 not John Wick. Yeah, it's not it's not the Batman. It, it, it's not there to try and make you think deeply about this shit combat. Eats and Kane, y'all. Yeah, no, it, it is a Star Wars fight scene. It is not Shakespeare, and it's not supposed to be. Yeah, um, I don't want my Star Wars to be Shakespeare. No, 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 no. The Star Wars fight scenes are about hunkering down, everyone having bad aim except for the good guys. Yeah, and and let's see how big this droid is. And war war crimes. And war crimes. War crimes. Always war crimes. Always war crimes. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've had a Star Wars anything without a war crime. Oh, no, in no, no, no. Clone no. Wars is basically like six or whatever seasons of nothing but war crimes. Oh, yeah, at least. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, I mean, the first movie, they literally just blow up a planet for the for shits and giggles. It's like, wait, this isn't even the planet you want to destroy, though. 
And, and they don't have any, like, they can't, they're, they're not fighting you. Yeah. And no. they have no defense. They, they rolled up to Alderaan and was just like, Against that your one, attack. Y'all. It's like, yeah, but I really want you to, like, I really want to make sure you're not lying. So I'm going to blow up this planet. But I'm not lying. Are you sure? I feel like if I blow up the planet, I'll be sure. <laughs> it's like, please don't blow up the planet. How, how Okay, look, I'm either going to keep the secret or I'm not going to keep the secret. <laughs> you're about to kill billions of people. It's like, oh, yeah, God. you know, I don't like the look on your face. Go ahead and blow the planet up. Whole planet. <laughs> <laughs> look, Alderaan was asking for it. Look how it was dressed. It was very blue, and like there were a lot of clouds, and it looked like it's there were just, some mountain ranges down there. Everything was way too peaceful. Yeah. It's like looking at Themyscira. It's like it's just Amazons and it's bikinis, like nonstop. Of good. course you want to blow it, it up. Good. It yeah. was too good. So... I know that we've been making a lot of jokes and laughing a lot. We can go ahead and start to close this thing out. I think it's easy to say that if you like a Star Wars of any kind, we do recommend Book of Boba Fett. Yes, we do. Just off the top of your head, quick standout stuff. What do you love about it? Was it color palette? Was it was it tone? Was it characters? Was it the tone what? was great because it managed to separate itself from the Mandalorian in like musical tone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love that they still kept and this is my favorite thing in all the Star Wars shows. Please keep doing this. Is the um, concept art endings? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. That is I, like I will never turn off the credits to one mm-hmm. of these shows as long as you keep doing that. Yeah. It is wonderful to behold. Mm-hmm. Um, standouts i mean just getting having this actor get to come back and like really do something Mm -hmm. from all the way back in the prequels movies that are generally shit on quite a bit Mm. uh yeah you know what i really liked what's that i really liked that boba fett clearly took offense to being called a clone Mm -hmm. he is a clone we know that for a fact but he did have a father Mm -hmm. Django raised him yeah. And for all intents and purposes, we know he loved him. The kid had a dad. He had yeah. a family. Yeah. He's not some, you know, a, a, a parentless kid. Right. So he did, super takes offense to just you know, to being discarded as like some like clone. Yeah. And that was a very human touch that I appreciated. I'm going to say the big D is a big thing for me in this uh, series. And this big D is the big D that offends a lot of people. Mm. Book of Boba Fett was a very diverse show. No, it was very diverse. Very diverse show. Mm-hmm. And you don't even think about it. No, you don't. Well, yeah. I mean, in Star, Star Wars, Wars. Yeah. Right. But but at some point, I was sitting there watching this. I was like, I'm not seeing a whole lot of white people in this show. Yeah, not too many. Not too in many. fact, that almost none. That's kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of nice to see It that. is nice. Yeah. You know, you know what? All, all, I feel like all the white people were bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the mechanic lady. Mechanic right, lady right, is she's always good. She's fantastic. Mechanic lady is always good. fantastic. Because she loves Grogu. But there's a lot that there's, there was so much to love about the book of Boba Fett. And if you're listening to the haters online, you're listening to the wrong people. Because mm-hmm. these are people that will fight tooth and nail to have the whitewashed version of Star Wars that they have always had in their mind, set in stone for years. Everything works this way. You can't change up what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that you can change what, what, what things are in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Right? Like, we got the Mandalorian, and Mandalorian said, things can be different, you know? Mm-hmm. We can respect all this canon of all these years and do something new and different and change things and do things differently. And Boba Fett showed us you can have fun in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You can laugh a little bit. And, like, not everything has to be doom and gloom because we are right around the corner from Kenobi and that shit's going to be dark, yo. Yeah, it's going to be, even with, I mean, Ewan McGregor is one of the most handsome people on earth and it's like, still going to be like, oh, he's going to make me cry. It's going to be dark. Yeah. 
So, like, just let's just take a minute and, like, turn on Boba Fett and laugh. And, and and have Patton Oswald in the back just saying sometimes you got to reach that hand out of the sand yeah. and explain in detail the ridiculousness of all of this. And that's the thing is that the same people who insulted things like, oh, the Bo- Book of Boba Fett was too lighthearted are almost the same people who said across the board one of the funniest things in The Mandalorian was a scene of two stormtroopers sitting there talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And that's... And I'm pretty sure that was a Robert Rodriguez episode. I, that was I that. I, I think you might be right. Oh, I, no, 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 that was. A I think it was Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was saying what you did that one. Yeah, but oh man. But like, yeah. there it is. Like, let let Star Wars breathe and have some humor. It and, needs like, it. It needs it, man. Because honestly, if you don't, like, the shit that's serious is going to f- lose its shimmer after a while. Oh yeah. You know? And and that's the thing about Star Wars is that it's. You know, it's such a universe. It, it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Yeah. And it's going to be really great that sometimes we can get gritty uh, detective stuff or bounty hunter stuff. Sometimes we can get cool Jedi stuff. And sometimes we sometimes we just need a little comedy in Star yeah. Wars, you know? And it's it's a right place for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like we can do this. Yeah. Like, just let Star Wars content be Star Wars content, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't watched it, do go watch The Book of Boba Fett. Highly recommended by the both of yeah. us. Um, if you have seen it, maybe go back and watch it again because it's just that good. Yeah. We, had, we had a fun time with it. We need a little bit, a little bit more lighthearted Star Wars. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not it, 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 watch it in between episodes of Daredevil, which you should definitely you watch on like. Disney Plus so that they make more of it. But, the, you know, it'll really spread out all of the blood and the beating people <laughs> to death in daredevil with some like light-hearted investment chases there you go all right that is everything that we have for the show this week don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show you can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as at gnggcast on twitter which i am on all the time probably an unhealthy amount you can chat with me there until next time for hector this is james and for james this is hector everyone good night And good game.